we believe life is precious. This is it. We've got one shot at this. It's on us to live life to the fullest, to maximize what we've been given and play the game of life at our full potential. Are you living up to your potential? Are you frustrated that despite your best intentions, you just can't seem to make the changes needed to take things to the next level so you can impact your career, relationships, and health? If this is hitting home, you're in the right place. Our mission is to open the door to the exceptional life by showing you how to play the game of life at a higher level. So you're playing at your full potential rather than at a fraction as most people do. We'll share the one thing that once we learned it, our lives were transformed. And once you learn it, watch what happens. Welcome to Think It Be It, the podcast. I'm Kelly Hatfield. Hey, and I'm John Mitchell. So Kelly, here's the topic today. How the human mind works. What do you what do you think about that? <laughs> this sounds like a pretty meaty topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. It you know, it might be a good idea to understand how the human mind works, don't you think? I think so. I think, and you know what's so funny you say that, John, but like I didn't really understand how the human mind works until I was introduced to you and you started sharing your work with me. So I mean, like I uh, we say that jokingly. Yeah. But it's so true that like a whole new world opened up to me once I understood how the human mind works. So I'm excited to dig in today. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what inspires me is, uh, as you know, last week I went and uh, spent some time in person with the uh, mental coach for the USC football team. His name is Tim Kite. He was the uh, mental coach for Ohio State and... um, Urban Meyer, they they won a national championship, and now he has taken over the USC program. And just to show you the power of what he does, USC was four and eight the prior year. Tim Kite comes in with, and Lincoln Riley, the coach at uh, USC, brought him in. They went to eleven and three. So f- from four and eight to eleven and three in one year, and. As you know, I got to know Tim about three years ago as I was trying to bring him into the University of Texas with the idea of, you know, making the University of Texas the uh, gold standard for mental training and conditioning. And uh, I'm still working on that. But he and I have really developed a uh, great friendship. And so I went and I never met him in person, but so I went and uh, spent a couple of days in Hilton Head last week and and really learned some some interesting things and and you know I was talking to him about this thing that I've mentioned to you before that that I feel like there's a bifurcation in society today between the people that have control over themselves and the people that don't do you do you agree with that um at the at, yes at the 30,000 foot level definitely right right well and you know as I've as I've thought about this, you know, if you really look at what the average life is today in the United States, you know, you see that 67% of people don't have $400 to their name, which yeah. is, you know, stunning. And then you see that two thirds of people are either obese or seriously overweight. And then you see that only, according to Gallup, only about 35% of people are happy. 
And if you drill down a little further, uh, you see that only about one in 10 people has a have a, a great romantic relationship. And I don't know, this is my interpretation. You tell me what you think. But but I see that all that reflects a lack of control. You know, it's, again, that that division between people that have control over themselves and the people that don't and the uh, people that don't get the average life. Am I oversimplifying it? Well, no, you're that's one of your superpowers, I think, is taking something that's a much bigger, you know, that's a big idea or concept and and simplifying it and breaking it down right. into that small piece. So no, I don't think you're simplifying it. But just to give an example, so let's just use the statistic about um, obesity that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're talking about control and the difference between um the people who don't have control and the people that do, will you make that connection point to that statistic you just mentioned about obesity, for example? How does, what do you mean by How that? Does, well, obviously the people that are obese can't control what they eat and and probably can't control their ability to uh, exercise. I mean, I think it's literally that, that simple. Yeah. You know? I think for a good, for a portion, um, you know, for a good percentage of them, and I think there are others, there's all kinds of research happening now on some other things that are happening chemically, you know, right. um, in the brain. But I think for the most part, you're right as far as that's concerned. So, okay. Nope. I just wanted to make sure I understood when you're talking about control, relating it to one of the statistics you just talked about and kind of helping, you know, bridge that gap for anybody who may be like, hmm, I'm not quite sure what he means by that. Right. Well, and, and, you know, I think when you really look at it, that and again, this is an oversimplification, but I think that about two percent of the population has control over themselves, and they have the exceptional life. And about ninety-eight percent of people have the average life and don't have control over themselves. And obviously, that's that's sort of an oversimplification. But I don't know that it's it's too far off. And the point I'm trying to to make is that at the end of the day. Having a successful life has, comes down to having control over yourself. And, you know, as so that begs the question, well, how do you have control over yourself? How do you gain that control? And, and this is where the science comes in. And, and you know, I'll share something that you already know, but I'll share something that Tim Kite taught me. So the first thing I'd want our audience to understand is that that we all have two things we have to overcome in life. The first one is being innately wired for survival, which causes uh, the vast majority of our thoughts to be fear-based, and we're reactive rather than proactive. So that's the first thing. Then the second thing is that 95% of your daily actions are unconscious. And so the combination of those two things is that as we've said many times before, when you open your eyes each morning, you're on autopilot most of the day, innately wired to be fear-based and reactive, which is exactly the opposite of how you need to be if you want to be productive, creative, and happy. Well, that's the problem. So that's that's what you got to fix. And here's the other thing to appreciate in in you know pursuing the the solution. Here's how the human mind works. Conscious mind sets the intention and is influenced by logic. Subconscious mind controls your daily actions, and it's only influenced by repetition. It doesn't care about logic. And 
you know, the, the example is, you know, this idea of if you want to lose weight, well, the conscious mind sets the intention to lose weight based on the logic of the health benefits. But as we just mentioned, the reason people aren't losing weight is not because of lack of intention. It's because the part of their brain that actually controls their actions, their eating and their exercising is controlled by the subconscious mind. And it doesn't care about the logic of it. It's just, it's only influenced by repetition. And, and so that leads us essentially to our methodology, which is when you take your life and you create immense intention and and clarity, exactly the person you want to be, exactly what you want to accomplish, and how you're going to achieve your your clearly defined goals, and you feed that to yourself every day, that's the repetition. Then, after about 21 days, then it starts influencing uh, your daily actions. That subconscious mind then takes that constant repetition, and suddenly now you can control what you're you're eating. You can control your ability to exercise. You can control focusing on what moves the needle in your business. You can control um, how you are with your spouse. And so um, that that's the essence of why our methodology gives you a much higher level of control. and And so if there's anybody that's interested in a higher level of success, this is scientifically how you do it. But now let me share with you the new stuff I learned. So Tim Kite tells me, he says, you know, think about this. He says, when anything happens, when any, well, let me back up. He has a, a philosophy. Uh, he calls it E plus R equals O. And what that means is event plus response equals the outcome. E plus R equals O. So when an event happens, your response is what matters because whatever your response is determines the outcome. And and he his his whole mental approach, and he has a, a full system around this, addresses that. And he says that what happens is that when something happens, the first thing that occurs is is you focus on it. You become aware of it. And maybe you can become aware of a particular aspect of it. And then the second thing that happens is you have self-talk. Then after the self-talk, then you have an emotion. And then after the emotion, you take an action. And so the uh, self-talk generates the emotion that triggers the action. Now, I never thought about it like that. What, what do you think about that? No, I think he's right on the money. I was just thinking of a couple of, I was trying to, in my mind, think of, you know, uh, an event, you know, or, you know, something recently where I kind of went through this process. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes total sense. I'm going to get, this is logical too. You know, when you talk right. about breaking something down, um, right. to, to it being very simple, this right. makes perfect sense. Right, right. Yeah, I've been really contemplating this. I, I had never thought that necessarily that self-talk drives the emotion, but I see that it does. Um, you know, of course, this is all 
subconscious. We're, when we say self-talk, it's it's unconscious self-talk. And, um, you know, as as uh, he and I were getting into it, you know, I showed him our template and, uh, you know, I talked to him about how he he applies it. Now, he's his his mission with uh, the USC football team is to get them to really embrace the culture, uh, you know, and accountability and holding their teammates accountable and, you know, that whole thing. And I asked him, I said, why, why did Lincoln Riley feel that it was important to bring you in? And he says, you know, the bottom line is that he couldn't get the culture to stick well enough with his players without a system because every other coach in the country has a culture and they're all doing it without trying to influence the subconscious mind. And, and if you say subconscious mind to a football coach, they're like, you know, it's, you know, they almost freak out. Um, <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And they're just, you know, they're not receptive to it, but he's had so much uh, success with it. And that's why, because once you start, influencing the subconscious mind, then, and since 95% of your daily actions are unconscious, you have to influence the subconscious mind. And, and here's something I think you'll find interesting. So I was, I was talking to you about how we could, like, I took one of our templates and, and made it for a uh, baseball player, uh, specifically for a for an athlete in college, but this would apply to a pro athlete as well. And uh, I said, you know, I, I showed him how you can, you, there's defined uh, techniques that you want baseball players to have when they're up at bat about to hit the ball. There's certain things you want to condition. And what happens in a game a lot of times is they, get caught up in the moment and they forget the technique and, and then they, they don't do very well. They don't hit the ball. And so I said, you know, see how I am having them repeat the technique every morning. And after 21 days, this'll, they'll have their, their subconscious rewired. And he says, well, you know, I do the same thing, except I have them articulate the technique, but I also have, find a clip of them performing the technique properly. And he says, so they'll repeat the technique verbally. Then they'll watch a clip. Then they'll go back and repeat it verbally, watch the clip and do that three times in a row. And I'm like, he's doing exactly what we're doing with our visualization. And as I, as one of the things I'm going to do and moving forward is build that into you know, for the athletes that, that I teach, uh, think it'd be it too. I'm going to dial in clips of them performing the technique in their sport uh, properly. And, and, you know, I don't like the idea of having people reading their visualization online, you know, as opposed to a physical copy. But I think the benefits probably outweigh the, the negatives of that. What, what, what's your take on all that? Yeah, no, I think um, that visual aspect. And yeah, so right away, I was thinking, okay, for so those that are listening, and for myself, you know, you just sharing this with me and kind of beginning to integrate this potentially into my method. 
mm-hmm. you know, or to my practice. Right. Um, you know, we're talking specifically about them watching themselves. This is a this is an athlete. So let's right. say I'm wanting to achieve something specific in business. Right. You know, like, where's the visual? How do you implement the visual component? Um, you know, into the mix with something like that, or do you? You know, I don't think you have to. I okay. don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's not conducive to to doing it necessarily. I mean, I think there could be like if you're a, I don't know, if you're a speaker, let's say, and and you you wanted certain aspects, and then you could show a clip of you speaking. I think that could be something, but I don't know that it's all that that critical. You know, I know I do. You know, with my visualization, I will like when I'm meditating or whatever the case may be, I will visualize myself actually doing the task. Yeah. Yeah. So like if I'm, um, I don't, I don't visualize myself going over the finish line, like getting to, I visualize me doing like taking the action and, um, you know, those kinds of things. And like, even with, um, you know, a new business that I'm starting and that's, that's new to me. So I'm learning new language. I'm, I'm um, a little way out of my comfort zone. I'll visualize the conversation going really well or, ha- um, you know, I'm uh, where I'm doing the right things. And so I could see where that, too, in your mind, you're kind of creating that movie in your mind where you're actually visualizing yourself doing the task that you need to do to, yeah. you know, um, I could see that there's benefit to that because I'm already kind of doing that to a certain extent. Well, you know, I I think I told you this back a few months ago. I decided that every every uh, Wednesday morning I was going to visualize the parts of my life, my my marriage, my health, my career, and and not read about it, just visualize. And I do it uh, right when I I wake up, and and I see the power of of pure visualization versus reading visualization, but the combination is powerful. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm going to kind of double down on some of that visualization too. I think we're actually creating a movie in my mind of what it is. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to add a little bit more elements in and see whether that, um, you know, speeds, supercharges things. Things are rocking and rolling anyway, but it's like, all right, I'm always up for optimizing, you know? Well, you know, I tell you, you'd appreciate this. So I want to have good posture. And in my visualization, I articulate that when I go to the bathroom, uh, I adjust my posture. Well, I go to the bathroom a lot because I'm a guy. <laughs> and every every week, I would rate myself on a scale of one to 10. Well, consistently, I was at an eight. Mm-hmm. I just, and I, I, but I would say in my visualization that I want to be a nine. Mm-hmm. Well, I was consistently at an eight and it really was pissing me off. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, why can't I get there? Then I'm like, well, okay, it's, you know, just got to fix the wording. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what would happen is I would, you know, I would get in the bathroom and a lot of times I'd adjust my posture and straighten up and then leave the bathroom. And, and then in the last two weeks, I thought, okay, not only in the bathroom, but in the walk to the bathroom and the walk away from the bathroom, I'm going to adjust my posture. Boom, that that fixed it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. That is how you say it to yourself, how you 
tweak it a little. And but, you know, it's so powerful, you know, <laughs> it is so powerful. You know, it's so funny how, you know, that mirroring that um, happens when, you know, so we, you and I are on video right now and I'm watching you, you're talking. And I don't know if you noticed that as you were talking about your posture, I stand, I started to stand up straighter, right? And, uh, you know, so just through that power of suggestion, but also just that mirroring, because you, as you were talking, you were starting to sit up straighter too, when you talked about posture. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, interesting how that works. Oh, I tell you, it it is fascinating. But to sort of close this out, you know, my my challenge to your audience is having a successful life comes down to having control over your life. And having control over your life, you got to overcome those two uh, problems of, of uh, being innately wired for survival and the vast majority of your daily actions being unconscious. Well, the only way I can see to do that is in your morning routine. So my suggestion is look at your morning routine and are you doing anything to impact your mindset? Now, I would dare say you're not. Now, some people will say, well, I'm meditating. Meditating is good. I like meditating, but it's not near as powerful as focusing the mind. That that quiets the mind. Focusing the mind is what gives you control over your your actions. And and you know, so then the question is, well, well, what exactly do I do? Well, how about the Applying the central concept of the top book of the world on success, you know, takes 12 minutes a day and we'll show you how to do it. And I, I suspect there's other ways to to increase your control, but I haven't seen anything that comes close to what we do. And but but if there's something else out there, I'd, I'd be open to hear it. But I'm pretty darn sure that that ours is the best out there. So anyway, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening today. If you've had your own aha moment from today's episode, send me or John an email. We'd love to share your epiphany with our audience. So email us at kelly at thinkitbeit.com or john at thinkitbeit.com. In the meantime, live the exceptional life.